Hi, this is Arthur Miller. Hi, this is James Sheeran. Hi, this is Dick Boris. You're listening to the Lake Forest Podcast. Welcome to the Lake Forest Podcast, a podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, and food. My name is Pete, and I'm joined with my co-host, Lori Fitzgerald, and we all live in Lake Forest. We have a sponsor for the show, Dakota Insurance Group. They've got your back. Why? Because that's what friends are for. Dakota Insurance handles all your residential and commercial insurance needs. Get a quote now at dakotainsurance.com. Okay, one of the goals of the podcast is shed light on local issues, and today we're joined by Arthur Miller, James Sharon, and Richard Boris or Dick Boris. Let's chat with them and see what's going on with the Library Improvement Project. Arthur, James, Dick, thanks for coming on the show, guys. Thank you. All right. Before we get into the uh, into the weeds here, where where is everybody from? So we'll start with Dick's screen. Dick Boris here. I'm I grew up in Michigan educated in Michigan, moved to Chicago for about six years, and, but I've lived in New York City for the last 26 years, an architect. And then uh, I'm, I'm born and raised in Lake Forest, then moved to New York for my career, and I've been here all my working life, but I recently inherited my family's house in Lake Forest and uh, have moved my business to Lake Forest and New York, and Dick, oh, is, and Dick is my partner. Arthur, what's your story? So I'm a longtime Lake Forest resident, originally from Michigan and the city, but uh, have lived in Lake Forest for almost a half century. So that's think that qualifies. And I'm uh, active in the Lake Forest Foundation for Historic Preservation, Lake Forest Preservation Foundation. Um, and that's where I'm uh, interested in this. So the way this works is you guys are gonna say what you're gonna say. We're not gonna edit anything that you say unless you tell us to. We have Probably a, a staff of fact checkers, I don't know, in the dozens here, just to make sure we get all the facts right. So uh, I'm sure there'll be, there'll be people that'll be saying, gotcha. Please put the, their comments in the, uh, in the section uh, uh, below later. And uh, if you have an uh, opposing view, please come on the next show. Art, do you want to start? Okay. Okay, so I'll start. I'm, I'm active, in this, as I said, in the Lake Forest Preservation Foundation. A few weeks ago, we sent out an issue of our three times a year little periodical to every household in town uh, with a page about the library and basically making three points um, about what we want them to do given the fact that they're looking at making an addition and restoring the building. First, they've had the dome covered up for about three years with a tarp. They're on a second tarp and the, the building is needs to have these things addressed. We'd like to get that done sooner rather than later. Um, second, they really have, in any kind of expansion that they do, they need to right size what they're doing. They've been based on, they've been thinking about all the things that they could, that people would like to have in the library, but it raises some issues about like to have versus needs. And uh, in a community that has a very good distributed uh, community center function, we don't want to duplicate things that are in other places. And third, we want to say that any expansion of the library, uh, any changes in it should be uh, done in, in terms of the classical tradition. Now that's not just that means the style, that doesn't mean we want another dome next door to this one, but what it means is that you plan, you orient yourself the way classical design works and everything is harmonious. Everything relates to the most important thing 
in the plan. And we think that the dome is probably the main central thing. It was a cruciform plan in a 1931 building um, with three wings, um, kind of equal wings that were south, the entry, and then reading rooms east and west. And then behind that, there was a stack wing with some rooms along the side. We're mostly focused on the, um, the rooms that are in the front that you see, the wings that you see, and the, the rotunda and the dome. And we hope that they'll keep in mind the proportions and everything about this, the, the symmetry, the proportions that sticks with that classic uh, basic design. Uh, that, that's basically what we wrote in the preservation uh, periodical that came out three weeks ago. And that's the orientation. The plan itself for the building, the original building, 1931, uh, which was donated, um, the city has never made a capital investment in a new library building or a major addition to the building. It's always been donated or somehow other way paid for. So this is kind of an innovation. But the building was given by the family of uh, John, I'm sorry, Mr. Shedd, who was president of Marshall Fielding Company in Chicago. Um, and the he Shedd Aquarium. Shedd Aquarium. The Shedd Aquarium. The, yeah, if you look at the plan of the Shedd Aquarium, done about three years earlier, it's got the same cross plan, cruciform plan. And so this is just part of that family style. But his two daughters, he'd passed away. His two daughters gave this building in memory of one of the daughters, husband who died early in 1929, Kersey Coates Reed. It was built as a memorial and it's a, it's a dignified building, but it's not a lugubrious building. It's a very nice class. I got to look that word up, Art, thanks. <laughs> That means it's not ponderous or gloomy or okay, it's, there not, you go. it's not the Adams family house, you know, kind of thing. It's, it's, a, so nice, it's, a, it's a memorial, but it doesn't look like it doesn't no, look like a memorial. It's not Grant's tomb in New York City or something. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was meant to be a functioning library and it was um, produced. It has wonderful art in it. This rotunda that I've been talking about has eight murals around it that are, uh, were done by an artist, um, Nikola Remesov, who went on to be a big Hollywood um, art director and set designer and things like that. And they're fabulous Art Deco murals about the different ancient authors. So it's got a great spirit to it. The buildings, all the details are exquisite. There, there can't be very many buildings in Chicago that are on the exterior and on the interior as nicely done. I guess that would be the point. So for Lake Forest, they were given this gift. It's now 90 yeah. years old and it needs to be fixed. And so part of the thing is, is that they need to come up with money to fix the building and they need to make some adjustments in it. ADA compliance, um, the, the big information changes that have gone on have um, made digital, di distributing digital information in a 1931 building is not easy. Looking to how we can make that easier with good access to everything. The children's department was probably a little on the stingy side originally. It's now in the basement. It needs, with especially with so much of Lake Forest, new families coming in with little kids, it needs to be improved 
um, maybe brought up to the main floor. That seems to be the goal so that it's not in the basement, but, but that's up for discussion. Um, what we're trying to do is to get everybody in the, in the room together that has different hands on the elephant, different points of view, different stakes in the game to rough each other's ideas out, change, um, maybe change their minds when they hear more details from other people and come up with a plan that we can move forward for. The nice thing about Lake Forest from the very start in 1857, it's attracted people to the town who knew they were right. <laughs> now, so that, you know, most things that have gone on in Lake Forest have involved a little bit of discussion, not necessarily automatic agreement right off the bat. So it takes a little facilitating to get everybody around, but the city has a good process for doing this. But since the library is a little outside of the way of doing this, they haven't been so amenable to this. But we'd like to pull them into the tent of the town way of doing things and open up some conversation about this. And what the Preservation Foundation has also done is it's been trying to share the pro bono ideas that Boris and Sharon worked out to have a, a, a different approach to the plan than the one that their architects have, have proposed. Boris and Sharon, for people that don't know, are uh, architects that in the January 2021 issue of Architectural Digest were listed among the AD100 top designers. Wow. So we're not talking about um, just Dick and James. We're talking about... <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about some fellows who have achieved a certain amount of um, acceptance in their field and are well-known and uh, know what they're talking about. Now, do they know everything about libraries? No. Do they know everything about Lake Forest? No. Do, do any of us know everything about everything? No. The point we're trying to say is get all these people together, look carefully at this great plan that they put together, which is not probably the final plan that'll happen, but it's a direct ahead that recognizes mm -hmm. the focus of the place on the, t on the rotunda. Yeah. Art, is there anything significant? I, I think it's fascinating, the story about how the library was given and, and the affiliation with the, um, the John G. Shedd family, because that certainly has a heavy ties with Chicago. Is there any significance around the um, the original architect or builder um, who built the, the building? Yes, about the architect himself and about the um, president of the library board at the time. The architect was Edwin Hill Clark. Edwin Hill Clark built a whole bunch of houses in Lake Forest that are important. If you drive down Lakeshore Drive into the city, you go by a big Gothic tower over by the lake uh, about Montrose or so. Um, that was a, a, a park building that he built with a bell tower in it, Carillon. He did the, the zoo out at Brookfield. That's his, his construction. So he's done houses, he's done institutions, very well known. He was an elite artist, uh, I mean, elite architect, lived in Winnetka, um, okay. kind of a peer of his donors, you know, and, and clients. Mm -hmm. um, his father had been he had a big national lead painting company and he got lead poisoning early on. So he said, well, I can't do painting. I can't work with paint. I'm going to become an architect. So he went to architecture school in the Beaux-Arts type at Armour Institute 
which was at the Art Institute at that time, with all of his travel and everything, became versed in the classical system. Then the guy in charge of the job, the client, not the donor, but the client, was Alfred Ernest Hamill. He was an investment banker in 1929, 30, 31. He he, he dealt in commercial paper, basically, but he managed to do well. In 1928 was a culmination of about a dozen years of working with David Adler on expanding his own house and building a, a tower at the foot of Mayflower Road that was six-story tower um, uh-huh. that was his study. Um, so he, he was a David Adler client who was the probably the best residential architect in town in that period. Adler was too busy building Mrs. Kersey Coates Reed's house when this was being built. And that's, that dwarfs the library. It's like 32,000 square feet, a little pied-à-terre on the, on the lakefront there. This is between the architects, the donors, the president of the library who was driving the process. This is um, a tremendous achievement. A, a group of people who know what they want. Yeah. You know, but these exactly. are confident in their style and their desire to do something special and to get behind it and pay for it, gift it. In 1930, 31, there had been so much deflation after the crash in October of 1929 that if you had bought something for $100 in 1929 before the crash, you could buy that same item for $10 in 1930. So when they were going out and hiring people to do the work, when they were going out to um, buy the materials, to manufacture the furniture, to, to put everything together, if you had cash, and I think that we can say safely that Mrs. Schweppe and Mrs. Kersicote reads had cash, they could buy 10 times as much as they could have the year before. Yeah, and they could do all this detail. So they completed this by the summer of 1931. It was by the, it was, it was the uh, setting for the final summer of the Foundation for Architecture and Landscape Architecture, which brought together the grad, the best, the top graduates of all the landscape and all the architecture schools in the country. Um, for a summer program, and the winners got the, the top winner of the of a contest that they ran um, got a year in Europe. The landscape architect got a year in Europe. The architect got a year in Europe, and they did sketching and came back. And some of these are now on play in the library. So this pinnacle nationally of the art when it was built. Those fair? are the murals. The mural? No, I'm talking about everything in the building. Every okay was at the pinnacle of its art. James would agree with that. A comment somewhere, but this is not your average small town library. You know, as art as you said in your own hometown and across the country, there are extraordinarily beautiful libraries, Carnegie libraries, or other libraries that communities have raised money for. But this one definitely takes a jump by everything that Art just described. The players that came together, the time, the the where it was, the kind of money they had to spend. And I think their own personal style, like yeah. everybody in Lake Forest knows the Schweppe House. Everybody knows the Kersey Coates Reed House. Everybody knows their father's building, the Shedd Aquarium. So they have this, this DNA. And then every, as Art says, the client, really the creative director behind the whole thing, being Alfred Hamill, everybody knows his tower on Mayflower. So they, they gave us something you know, really, really special. 
over the top if, in some ways. Yeah. You know. So somebody just moved into Lake Forest today and they somehow tripped over this podcast. They just got the history of the library. What is the underlying issue that we're, we're talking to somebody here? Who are we talking to? Why, why is a listener caring right now, Art? Well, partly because the main thing that there's concern about is that the library wants to restore the building, which is fine, and, but they want to add a building, really a second building, and it, they, it's an addition, but it's a second building on the northeast, heading off from this building to the northeast, of taking a very centered building that's uh, symmetrical, you know, symmetrical meaning that it's the same on both sides of the central line and making that lopsided. So what you're gonna have is the architectural equivalent of the Eastland, you know, in the Chicago River when everybody went on one side of the boat and it yeah. caps. Great sad analogy. <laughs> yeah. So what we're trying to do is to get people to realize that this building needs to be centered and it needs to develop, it has to be right-sized to not seem like it's wobbling and that you're gonna end up with people way off on one side of it. The campus, if you wanna call it that, the campus here is only two acres, maybe 2.2 acres, which in Lake Forest and along this area where this is, it's kind of a ravine edge close to the train station. It's, it's a residential lot and yeah. it's not an immense, space like Lake Forest College which I was affiliated with for, for years uh, retired from it's got a hundred and some acres and it has a lot of buildings but this building on its site can't afford to just get that big and take that sort of eastland turn over to the side would it be eligible for a, um, a historic preservation award with the One. Uh, that one, we're the Preservation Foundation is planning to develop plaques for buildings uh, in the downtown area, about 20 of them, and one of them would go on a library. Yeah. Well, the COVID has slowed us down a little bit, like a lot of people. We just had Catherine oh, Lummer on the show, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, and we spent a good hour with her uh, on the show and uh, kind of gave her point of view. Have you guys met with her? And like, what's... Is there pushback if she were here right now? If I was smart enough, I would have her on, on the show right here. We could all go at it, but I'm not. Have we you met with her? Art, have you have you met with Catherine, right? Yes, we I've talked with Catherine a long time along the way. And yeah. what we're trying to do is to I think that they've they've been because they know so much at the library, the the staff. Um, the library board, their architects that they got involved with uh, three or four, four years ago, they think they know all the answers. And they, they're very nervous about uh, having this, losing control of this and not being able to control the end output. The problem is that that's just not the way things are done in Lake Forest. Lake Forest always has the people who are in charge controlling the inputs, what, what all the information that you need to make the decision and developing options. And then it allows the, a, a wider process of all the different stakeholders, moms with little kids, little old people like me that you know, need a better handicapped entrance, 
people who wanted, you know, different things out of the library, taxpayers, etc. All these people that the city normally gets them into one space and then they get all these people organized. And then those people, after they reach a consensus, go ahead and say to the city, we want to do X, Y, and Z. We want your help. We want your money. And that's how they want to proceed. The library wants them to get this, the city council to approve the bond issue for $10,000 or to approve the process that will lead to that without having gotten all their people, all their ducks lined up. So we're here kind of, you know, quack, quack, quack. We're ducks that are trying to get in line, but we haven't been able to get all together to do that. A couple things that I remember from that meeting with Catherine, and I'm going to get flamed for this, I know, but two of the two of the big issues were that dome is leaked from day one, and then two, the grandfathering of the ADA stuff, and when you start getting into messing with the building, that can be a problem to make it compliant, and like you said, it's on a small lot. Is that play into the role of trying to change things? or Yeah, there's some legitimate questions that have to be addressed. The north wing of the library, the four of the four wings out of the rotunda, uh, originally had a, 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 a kind of a strange period, 1930 period, glass and steel, glass floored steel book stack section thing. Uh, that was taken out in the 80s, and they put in some new stacks that aren't really right either, or don't turn out to be too, too useful now. So my point being that that's, that north part of that isn't really original anymore anyway, and, may, and probably shouldn't be overly respected. Now, this comes down to interpretation. The Historic Preservation Commission of the city under ordinance has to decide these things. The Preservation Foundation, we're interested in the historic visual character of the community. That doesn't mean restoring, it doesn't mean preserving every single thing in town. No. Um, it means setting priorities. And we're saying our priority is probably going to be with when we, by pushing forward or showing the example of the Boers and Sharon plan, we're saying that the most important parts are the rotunda and the three other wings, not the north one. Until somebody gets in there to see how much can be saved and how much can't, we don't know. But Boers and Sharon are proposing a lot of new construction north of the rotunda to recenter the library and bring in a handicapped entrance um, from the west, which is the only flat place along the building. The, the rear is, but it's too narrow but the only decently wide space around the building that could possibly be used is the west side. If you go in south of the building, south uh, west of the building, if you go in east of the building, and I'm speaking as a little old person here, you're going yeah. uphill. You're going uphill. You've got to get some wind up and you got to have a little tailwind behind you to make it up those sidewalks and stuff like that. Um, so, they're proposing to put that entrance, even if it would it would disrupt that wall there to put an entrance in there, that's the only safe place really to have a handicapped accessible entrance and also a stroller entrance for moms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like let's say you've got two little kids, you got one that's a toddler and you got one that's in your arms and you're gonna to go to the library's children's department and you're pushing this double stroller you don't want to go uphill very far. 
And their plan that they're offering has you going uphill quite a distance from your parking place with your kid in your arm, your other kid running, you know, who knows where, and the stroller on its own, you know. Everybody agrees that, you know, the library hasn't been touched in 100 years, and it's been covered by a tarp for three years. So we do need to make an investment there. What, so James and, and Richard, what, what does your proposal incorporate? You know, does it address everything? Does it address the ADA? We should set the background why we did it at all. Yeah. We were in Lake Forest for COVID. We inherited a house there, went there in March. Of, uh, for, for an interview. For an interview and, uh, the next and day. never, never yeah. left. So we stayed in, through all the summer. And as we were there longer, reacquainting with all our old friends and family and new friends and hearing what was going on in town, we saw all this going on with the library. For me personally, James, the library played this huge part in my growing up my architectural education, my interior education, my landscape education, my social education with my friends. It was major. And all I could see in, in, in talking to Art and everybody, we saw this thing going on that was gathering wind. We saw, and, we saw it in about August. Right? And drawing, exactly. More and more going on. And we're asking, well, how could this be happening? What's happening? Because we saw, as Art described, this thing that was about to happen that would probably not be the best thing for it. <laughs> this asymmetrical appendage they would decentralize the building. Like if you're in a church and everybody's supposed to be looking at the priest or the pastor or the, or the rabbi or at the temple at the front and everybody was over in another room. <laughs> and you'd be like, wait, 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 everybody's supposed to be here. So we saw this thing that was about to happen that not only was it a planning oddity for all the things Art described using the entire east side, which is also facing a residential neighborhood, which didn't seem appropriate to us, to neighbors, but as Art described functionally, it seemed curious. So we thought, well, what can we do? I mean, I felt bad, really. Well, the, well, the, first, you know, the first couple of weeks, we were just complaining about it, right? We said, but how can they do this? Typing things, yeah. ask ourselves, so like, what's, what's wrong? Then we're like, well, stop complaining and do something. So well, we what said, can we do? So yeah. we, need to, we just sat down at the dining room table and started sketching. Yeah, and it just kept going. And and it, yeah, and yeah. It, it really did start from a sketch on the dining room table. And then we would communicate with our staff in New York and say, well, maybe you would draw a little bit of this. Yes, yeah, so we said someone starting to take out the old photographs and like, yeah, we started, and, started by accreted to this thing where we came up with the plan. So and there was a young guy in, in Lake Forest who was also helping us out, a friend there. He was doing some drafting and it just, you know, kept building and building. And the then we had we, to show it somebody. Yeah, and we thought, I think we have something here that's solid. And if we're to be, you know, new old members of the place where we were born and raised, how, how can we help? How can we do what Art's been doing for 30 years, preserving, helping, speaking up, giving his time, how, what can we offer if we see something that may not be right? How can we raise our hand? And so the drawings were our way yeah. of stepping envelopes. You know, what, what, so this is, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, we had to, it was like a visual roadblock. Like, wait, before you, you know, go forward with that thing, what about this thing? We just wanted someone else to think about just a totally like 180 degrees from that approach. What about this approach? Because it didn't look like anybody had taken that approach. And it's such an intimate site. That's why I keep on talking. Every time you walk around that building, we do it every time we go home. Um, it's intimate. So it, ha it has to look good up close. It has to look like it belongs. If you don't have this, this, this um, luxury of distance. You see this object next to this object, like Art was saying in a campus. This thing has to read as an object in space that you can walk around. And we just thought, the other one, um, the other plan that we saw just didn't really accomplish that. So, 
you know, it's, it's a lot like you're, you know, if you stand and you're a crucifix and you've got your legs and your arms and let's say you're going to add something on, I don't think you just you add diagonal. another little weird leg coming off. You have another cross. So you yeah. That's a classical approach. To that. And we sat down and our drawings, you know, gathered wind and force and detail. And they're totally schematic. We don't know. Yeah. We have some idea of square footage, but we don't know all the program. This is just us looking at the mass in the other building. How can we double, like, maybe add a third to it? In a classical way, and that's all. That's kind of basically. But we did. We did do research. We took yeah. as much information as we could from all the documents on the library site, past uh, recent documents of modern uh, architects that have looked at it. We analyzed all the square footage. We've done all as many three D models here as we possibly could, and then started with the idea of the DNA of the inside out. We expanded the building as if it was a had a kind of a matrix. You know, like it. Like what would it allow itself to do? as if the library was growing on its own, you know, as if you watered it and it started to grow yeah. and it has its own language and it has its own DNA that allows it to grow. We, we, we took that idea, which is what classicism is, and we grew it as far as it could within reason and as with as much that we knew. So we didn't go overboard, you know, like you could go, you know, like some buildings keep growing. Around. And we didn't stay super shy. We wanted to do enough so that the community could, to, could take a look at this and think, well, is there something there? Um, and, and is what they're doing respectful of the building and at the same time it helps with other needs? Yeah. Um, right. That, that, and that was our goal. And hopefully we thought by getting it out there and we did it very slowly. We just showed it to friends and family, yeah. slowly a little bit you know, to art, slowly a little bit to somebody else. Everybody but has cat. Who who's seen the plan? Has Catherine seen it? Anybody? Yes, right now uh, we have a website, an actual website. We have an Instagram, okay. and all of that happened after weeks and months, I right. guess I'd say, really, of a slow, respectful process where our friends in town felt that they didn't want us to look stealth or aggressive. Neither did we. Everyone wanted to make sure they took a good long look. At what is it that, that Boris and Sharon are drawing and imagining? Is it is it respectful of the community? But, the but in defense of Catherine, all the work that the, the current architect has done. Or Arthur, Arthur, you give me the finger. I'm used to a different one. <laughs> just just a little one one point about anything inside. One of the problems um, is that the, the library has these large rooms, these three large rooms off of this rotunda. But if space is created in the new <laughs> building that are larger spaces, taller spaces, larger mass spaces than that, it will have the tendency to trivialize, reduce, make less important the original library. What we're, what we're saying is we want to have all these different programs, but we want them to be proportionally relevant to this original part of the building. One mm -hmm. of the things was proposed in the in the, the 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 major thing about the interior, which isn't really the preservation foundation's main concern, but is relevant here, is that they're showing large open interior spaces in the building, and those will make you think when you go into the old library, oh, isn't this quaint? You know, aren't these cute little rooms they've got here? Not that they're moving through one system, and so what we want to have is one library, whatever they want, where they want it. But 
with elevators for ADA access and mothers and strollers and everything. They've got to keep in mind that the spaces have to still be referring back to the original spaces and not to disrespect them. Oh, one of the, well, one of the comments that we heard is that the addition needs to be able to stand alone. It needs to look as if it's its own separate building. Um, That was one of the the comments that I heard. And, And I've, now I've got two children at the high school and, um, and now every time I look at the high school, I kind of stand back because I know that they've built on to the high school. And when I look at the high school, you see the main building and then I see the additions and I'm like, no, they actually look it as it expanded. It looks like it is still part of the original architecture. Right. And actually, um, that's a great example of that because I mean, art would know even more finite than we, it was built in around almost the exact same time. Um, the same architect, uh, not the same architect, not the same architect, but the same style. And it didn't have, it wasn't symmetrical in the beginning. It actually didn't have a right wing. In, and in 1960, which was certainly a modern period, we were well, well into modern, we had skyscrapers all over the world. They chose a completely classical wing to add on a theater. And when they added on that wing, whatever considerations they made in terms of cost, budget, scale, need, planning, they, we would make, you know, this group and hopefully all of the force would make the same choices for the library if we were add on in a classical way. But if they hadn't done that, this, this high school that we, that we all love wins national awards. We show all our friends. We're so proud of it. It would have, what if we just, what if we hadn't added that at all? We just threw off, you know, a wing off to the side and just said, we can't add classical. We're just going to add a big glass modern box to the back. But something happened on the far left. Yeah, well, then it's something like that. It's something way over on the left. It is ironic. And I've even read blogs of young children, like people in 18, 19, and 20 that are leaving the high school that are writing about the fact that they kind of sarcastically say, why do they only show pictures of the front of the high school (laughs) when we just added on this giant, giant wing? Well, it's because it doesn't really aesthetically work for the whole, but that's what everybody's proud of. I mean, I think it's kind of telling of what, we don't want to have happen um, at the library, and, and but there isn't. The truth is, there isn't any reason for it. Or as you're about to say, is there a, is there a uh, ordinance in a part? And Art could speak to this better in terms of HPC. We don't have to do what the library is proposing. It's not a law or a rule that we must abide by. That it must have a wing that does not match. Or wasn't, connect. There was an early thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. From the Department of the Interior in the 70s, right, Art? Where it, it had to go stand alone and be able to be taken away, not to damage the original. Well, it could still do that. But the, the, the difference is that all we're saying is that to be in the classical tradition, it needs to step down from the main building. It doesn't need to have the same exact level of detail. It should be clear, is a little bit simpler. It's a little bit, it isn't the original main part. And that doesn't mean it has to be modern style. It doesn't mean that it has to, it, it just means that it has to be discernibly different. Does that make sense? Which, a, you know, which could mean just about anything. You know, and even when they added on the boxes years ago, they, they destroyed a great deal of the library. I mean, they were aggressive, even if they you know, did their best and well-meaning, yeah. they ripped off stone, bricks, uh, walls. I mean, they, it was very aggressive. So I, so I don't know uh, if, if people have always followed that rule so carefully in terms of being easy to be removed. But, uh, but, 
just personally, I think that it's such an intimate site and the new thing is so close to the other thing. I think more more replication is better than less replication. Yeah, I mean, when you stand there and you it's try to really, imagine. It's really tight. You're, you're standing, so it's almost like if we were standing, any one of us were standing in front of each other and, I, and, and, and we needed a new ear and eye <laughs> and you said, oh, just stick that one on, that's okay. You're like, well, it's might near, look, it might look a little funny. It's really you know, it's, you, you, once you're right there with it and you see its beauty, the last thing you want to do is detract from it, alter it mm -hmm. in another direction. But that's just our impression as, as people working in traditional styles. I mean, visit, visit. But it's an accepted, yeah, it's an accepted, accepted. language of architecture uh, to, to do that. And this building and the community, they would benefit from it. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't take away from the building. It wouldn't make it any less useful. It wouldn't make it any less attractive. I mean, it would be a complete win-win. Art, you're giving me the finger again. What, what uh, that? Well, simply to, to say that there is a plan that they've done that shows the additions that they're talking about doing. We don't know exactly how that would work out in terms of materials and every detail, but you know, it, it echoes the main building, but it probably won't look exactly the same if they if there's this built. It won't look exactly the same as the original, and that's simply the point that's being made. It'll be a different building, but that doesn't mean it has to look. I think um, you know, it doesn't have to be of today. Today is late mid-century modern revival period. The, the wings that were put onto the library that they're mentioning were put on in the late mid-century revival original period, 1978. So we went through postmodernism, new classicism to some extent. Now new classicism is really coming up much more prominently. Um, that's what's getting built now in Lake Forest. And I think that we're talking about that's kind of what the current style is. And it's always what the style has been in Lake Forest. Uh, going back to 1860. Can you guys all help me with the competing forces here? I don't know what the board's looking at. I don't know what Catherine's looking at. I, I hear what you guys are saying, but are these the competing forces? Okay, You have this lot from 18 or whatever. We are kind of getting by in the skin on our, by our teeth on the ADA compliance, right? So I'm not an expert on it. I'm just saying some of the changes that you want to make, something's going to kick in where the grandfathering is gone. You have this lot, which it's almost like a square peg round hole that we're trying to make a functional library in there that wants to look nice. And then we have people that don't want to pay any more taxes to, it costs a lot of money to do it in that spot versus on the West side of the city. Any other forces going in that play that people will bring up Art? Well, I mean, one idea would be to just leave the building, sell the property, and move to Westlake Forest. The trouble is there's all this embedded, mm -hmm. what I was talking about with the craftsmanship, um, the art. When, when I right. say art, the, the woodwork, the marble, metal band, uh, staircases and everything. Mm -hmm. All of that, to, to walk away from that and... Mm -hmm it to a restaurant or sell it to a somebody's to have it be their private home or something like that the community would be giving up this huge resource and okay. so it's about trying to come up with something that you don't have to do that that's reasonable if you pretty much had new construction behind the rotunda 
you would probably reduce some of that cost of, of uh, restoration because you'd only be doing the three smaller wings and the rotunda, not the big wing behind. So there, um, Boris and Sharon have a pretty sound idea there. And if, you, if, if pe people go to their website, and what is your website address again, fellas? Lake Forest Library Classical Proposal. So it's www.lakeforestlibraryclassicalproposal.com. Okay, so if you go there, you'll see what we're talking about. This mm -hmm. illustrates the kinds of things. It is the only approach that could be taken, but it's the best by a long shot of anything that's come before us so far. What, what did Catherine say? Well, I think so, I also said the other thing is that, you know, I mean, maybe for myself, just yeah. having grown up there and learned about architecture from town, from Lake Forest and the building, you know, everybody in the country comes to our town to see our buildings. We're famous for that. And mm -hmm. in 19, in 2021, the, the uh, classicist movement, huge, whether or not the people listening to this know, there are classicist organizations that are part of a whole all around the country. There are colleges growing, there are architectural classicist programs by leaps and bounds. There are, I mean, this is a growing awareness. If anything at all, Lake Forest would be a place where we would embrace that more than anyone. There are millions mm -hmm. of places, you know, in the, in, in the country where they don't have any of the tools or even the DNA that we or, have to start with. Or the existing fabric. Yeah, we have the existing fabric. Uh, we should be the poster child, you know, for, and then, and then someone gave us something so valuable to take care of. Yeah. I mean, sort of a yeah. perfect moment. Especially as a library, especially oh. as a library. If it was a city hall, you know, if it was city hall, that'd be, you know, maybe a different story, but especially as a library that houses books where you go to learn and study um, history. <laughs> and this library yeah. I've ever seen a public, a public small town public library is so used. I mean, yeah. it's, it was always full before COVID. I was amazed at how many people were in that library. It's because it's central, I think. I mean, there's no other building in town that everybody goes to. Right? Yeah. Maybe you don't go to the high school, <laughs> city hall, maybe you don't need to go to the hospital, maybe you don't like to play golf. I mean, there's so many <laughs> have that many public buildings so this is the one it is our jewel in the crown it's our it's the center it's the middle of the, and the, it's the hub the and we're also afraid one more wrong turn is going to be lost it has like been 78 was pretty bad in the 80s was really like bad Arkansas, one more step that way is just, it's it, taken some hits over yeah. the years it's had you know a lot of that's but all public buildings do you know they have a hard time and they've had probably a harder time than, than until recently, where deep respect for any local community, uh, historic preservation and classicism has really reached a great place, right, Art? Ever since you started, you've seen an entire nation come alive with respect. So this one building, this is the one we really, we want to make sure we don't miss and a trip. Case-by-case yeah. case yeah. by case, um, study or, or, or case for, for historic preservation, this one is just a specific case. Yeah. It's not everything. You know, it's not our solution to everything. It's to be traditional. We can do a lot more. My suggestion, okay, because we're running out of time, all right? <laughs> and I don't want to waste your energy. I don't want to waste Catherine's energy. My suggestion is, Catherine did an hour with us. Check out her show. I'm When we get done here, I'm going to say, hey, Catherine, 
check out these guys because she's open to it. I say, listen what they got to say. Maybe we get some comments going and then maybe we get everybody together, you know, kumbaya, figure something out on, on the on the podcast. Uh, you know, afterwards, everybody hears everybody out and then the library board and whatnot. What, you know, what do you think? Yeah, does the library board get to vote? Like, do they get to look at your proposal in addition to the other proposal that's out there? Our proposal is, it's, it's, as Art says, it's totally pro bono grassroots. And, and ex post facto, like way after the fact they had the RFPs um, we for the library competition, we wouldn't, yeah. we didn't even know it was happening. So we yeah. just, yeah, so when I- in, We in raised the, our hand. Like if you saw a stroller going off you can either just say, hey, hey, stroller, stop. Or you could run after the crowd. off a cliff, you probably wouldn't jump in front of it, or you might. Or you might, I mean, jumped in front of the car. this was the kind of thing we could grab before we and do something. And we did it. Because we can do what we can do is do a drawing. And that's, yeah. And it kind of, and it, like I said, built momentum. Eventually. I, I'm going to say, hey, Catherine, check these guys out. Okay. Check out what Art said. And let's get some dialogue going. She might say, hey, the train's gone. Okay. But whatever. Here's the, you know, I have no idea. Okay. The problem here comes is, the finger. This is your last finger art. Last okay. finger for me. The problem is, the problem is that the train really can't go in Lake Forest until we're all kind of doing Gumbaya together. Um, yeah, yeah, it doesn't, yeah. yeah. Everybody's not going to be totally happy with every single thing, but everybody's going to have to be able to live with what's going on. And the sooner we start that process um, of, 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 of roughing each other out, you know, yep, 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 yep. It, I think it's going to be better. And we can't afford to wait too long because that building isn't benefiting from deferred maintenance. Especially during a rainstorm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think what Art says, the reason we have so many extraordinary landmarks in town already that are so beautiful is because of what he, Art just described, that everybody's always gotten together. And it's towns that don't look like Lake Forest, where everybody's working on their own, insular, doing their own thing. And that's the last thing we want to have happen here. Um, if and, and if anybody, you know, the opportunity to kind of Maybe stop for a moment, take another look. Everybody get together, talk, examine, re-examine. You know. I'll, I'll play guitar and we'll sing. I promise. Okay. I promise. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. I got to. I, I got to call it. Lori, last words. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. It was a pleasure to meet you all. Arthur, Arthur James, Dick, and oh man, what a. What a education! I want to say, I'm always I'm, I'm always learning something here. Right. You know, for, for inner city kid uh, learning about Lake Forest. This is something. To, it it is definitely nicer out here. A little have, a little history cool. lesson for you, Pete. That's right. That's right. Thanks. For the Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for listening to the Lake Forest Podcast. Please give us five stars on uh, Apple Podcast. Smash that like button on Facebook, Instagram, and follow us on Twitter. Let us know what you'd like to hear about any upcoming shows. Again, I'm Pete and can be reached at Pete at LakeForestPodcast.com. On behalf of my co-host, Lori Fitzgerald, we thank you for listening. Uh, cue the band. <laughs>